John 11:25 Jesus said unto her I am the resurrection and the and the life He that believeth in me thought he were dead yet shall he live to welcome everybody this morning we uh, as always we appreciate an opportunity to be in the lord's house and uh, we appreciate this great group of kids we got up here and uh, i was thinking there's no better place for these children to be this morning and right here i appreciate every parent grandparent that's made an effort to get them here and we just look forward to having a great day in the lord and uh learn a little bit about his word and his spirit go out and touch some hearts today and i uh, 
just pray that some people get what they need this morning. There's a, there's a lot of people looking and searching for happiness out in this world, and this is uh, this is where you find it right here this morning. We appreciate being here, and uh, I miss Brother Brent dismisses Sunday school. Good morning, everybody. Um, as always, I desire your prayers. Um, I was thinking the other day, I was talking to Cindy about this lesson, and <clears throat> as always, I said there is so much in that. I just hope I can scratch the surface. Um, we can say that about any any verse in the Bible I think there's just so it's just there's no way that the human mind could ever comprehend everything that the Bible has to say we just we just don't have the capability to understand all of it but if we can just get a little bit of, out of it this morning uh, I guess my prayer would be that if God would bless this Sunday school the way he blessed me while I was studying I'll be happy but we're in uh, Romans ver uh, chapter 12, and it's verse 3 through 8. There's only five verses in this lesson. Uh, the name of the lesson is Faith and Transformation. Uh, I don't really know why they put transformation in there, but I guess uh, God does the transforming. He changes us. Uh, but we'll go ahead and start in <clears throat> verse 3. It says, For I say, and this is Paul, of course, speaking. He said, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think more highly of, him, more, of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. <clears throat> Excuse me. i got to catch him went through but um, I believe 
I believe Blaine taught some of this there not too long ago, um, and I'll just go back over the history of it. Uh, the Jews were kicked out of Rome after they after they went in and started the church in Rome. The the Jews got kicked out, uh, and uh, uh, they were allowed to start coming back to Rome at about 53 A.D. And Paul wrote this book somewhere around 57 to 59 A.D. So it was not long after the Jews came back. Um, and if you if you look at the, the timeline of it, uh, by the time this was written, Jesus had only been crucified for about 25, between 25 and 30 years, somewhere in that neighborhood. So uh, I would imagine that probably the Jews that started the church in Rome and then got run out, when they left, the Gentiles that were still there they had to take over the duties of the church. Uh, somebody still had to do the preaching, the teaching, uh, the, everything had to be done if the church was to stay, you know, functional. <clears throat> and then I can imagine that when the Jews were allowed back into Rome, they probably come back in with the idea that they were going to take back over the church and be in charge of it. Uh, as with the entire Old Testament, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees thought they were way up here compared to everybody else. So I can only, in my mind, I can only think that probably at this point in history, the Jews probably still religiously felt that they had a little bit of a higher standing than anybody else. And so when they come back in there, they probably thought they was going to just go ahead and take over and, and make the Gentiles take a step back and, and sit down, uh, kind of like a know-your-place kind of thing. And uh, Paul come in here, he, said, he pretty much put them all in their place and said not to think more highly than he ought to think of himself. Uh, God... He said it right there in the end of that verse, said, God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Uh, God gave every one of us the same measure of faith that we needed for salvation. He didn't give anybody any more than anybody else. Uh, and the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. So uh, it doesn't matter what your what your family bloodline is or your family history in the church or your or your uh, educational level or or any of that stuff none of us are, are to set ourselves any higher than anybody else uh, we've all got a job to do and we'll get into that here real quick verse 4 says for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. <clears throat> now, um, we've got a lot of body parts on our just our natural body. Uh, we could we could go into how insignificant the pinky toe is, and you know, what good is it? It ain't as good as the heart. The heart keeps us alive. 
Well, without the pinky toe, you'd have, have to learn how to stand up all over again. So is it important? It, it's got a different importance. There's nothing about this human body that's not important to the survival of the species, if you want to look at it that way. God made it this way for a purpose. And if there was any part of this body that was not important, God wouldn't have put it on us. Uh, just like being a member of a church, uh, being a member of this local church right here. When I come back to this church after being over at Lafayette for a while, I come back and, and join this here because that's what God wanted me to do. And not long after that, I started sitting over there in the corner kind of thinking, boy, I just don't have anything to do. All the jobs are taken. I just, I don't have nothing to offer this church. And God showed me that wasn't the case. We've all got something to offer. And we've all got our own job that nobody else can do. It says, verse 5 says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Jesus said, I am in you, and you are in me. Uh, I had a thought a while back, and I've asked a few people kind of, in fun what they thought about it and uh, the thought was what if when we die here and go to heaven heaven is not anything like what we have imagined in our head uh, we talk about the gates of pearl and the streets of gold and the mansions uh, but Jesus said in my Father's house are many mansions. And in Joshua, he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He's talking about this house that I, that I live in. Now, if, if, if God's house is the body of God, and in his house is many mansions that I'm going to go live in, that makes me a part of God. When I go home, I'm going to be a part of God. Well, if you really think about it, right now, I am a part of God. And God is a part of me. So we are all a part of each other. Like he said right here, we're, one, uh, we're members one of another. Because we're all that's been saved, we're members of God. And him, members of us. Verse 6 says, having then, differing, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Uh, I want to back up to the beginning of that verse. Uh, I know you've all, we've all heard Dad's story about a certain scripture that he prayed he wanted to know what it meant. And he couldn't get the answer because the reason he wanted it was to prove somebody else wrong. Uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I have wondered about and I have studied on and I have at times argued with people about what that meant. And I always wanted God to show me what that meant so that there's a handful of people that look at it differently than I do. 
and I wanted to be able to set them straight. Uh, never could figure out what the gifts was, was about. I was sitting here studying this lesson, <clears throat> and uh, there it is, gifts of the Spirit. And I thought, boy, how am I going to teach this? I don't know anything about this. Um, and then it come across my heart. If I was, uh, if I was a poor guy, and I've been in that place a few times, uh, trying to do everything I could, struggling to feed my family, and and out of work, and and just in a bad place, and somebody come along and offered me a job, give me good good pay for for a honest day's work. I would look at that as a gift because it gives me the opportunity to get what I need. Uh, all this stuff we're getting ready to go through in these last three verses are gifts from God because they give us a job to do so that we can be blessed. Uh, that's a gift. Just having a job is a gift from God. Uh, and this goes through the gifts. Uh, before I even start on my list, has anybody else got any idea, any thoughts on, on what we've got so far? by the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Right. And, uh, so it's by the grace of God if we do anything for right. him. <clears throat> um, getting into these different gifts that, that Paul writes about here. Um, I looked up the, the definition of, of some of these words and, and uh, when we read this verse 6 it says whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith uh, and when when at least with me when I think of prophecy I think of the Old Testament and the guys telling the future uh, but I looked up the word prophecy and it says divinely inspired speech 
So if we can speak with the power of the Spirit, that's prophesying. Uh, So it says, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Uh, Somebody that's got a little stronger faith than I do might be able to stand up and preach a little bit or or teach real good or or say something real spiritual. Maybe I ain't got uh, the level of faith that they've got. Can't quite do as good a job. But uh, God knows what our abilities are. And God knows what our strengths and our weaknesses are. And he gives us work that we can do. He won't give you anything you can't do. And anything he does give you, and you think you can't do it, think again. Because if he gave it to you, he'll make a way for you to do it. Verse 7 says, or ministry. Let us wait on our ministering. Uh, To minister means to serve. So if we wait on our opportunities, God will give us an opportunity to be a servant to somebody. And if nobody else, we, we can be a servant to him. And verse 7 also says, or he that teacheth on teaching. And the, the definition I looked up for teacheth says to impart truth and wisdom for life. Um, when, I, when I get into the Bible, uh, most of the time, no matter what I'm reading, I try to break it down to what happened in my life. Uh, everything in there is a direct... I've heard quite a few of them say this book is a is a personal letter to me. Everything in there is straight to me, telling me how to live. Uh, so if I can bring out in teaching why the Bible is telling us what it's telling us, not just what it's telling us, but why? How does it appeal to or uh, uh, affect our life? What can we do with that information that will bring us closer to God? And more importantly, what can we do with that information that will shine our light out to our lost friends and family? Uh, That's what we need to be focused on. In uh, verse 8, it starts out, it says, Or he that exhorteth on exhortation... And exhorteth means to comfort or strongly encourage. Uh, now, obviously we've got to be careful because like Dad said, when them guys was in strongly encouraging him, he let it get to his head and pretty soon he wasn't where he could pray. Uh, we've got to strongly encourage our people, but we've got to make sure we uh, keep ourselves in check. When I was reading this uh, early in the week when I first started reading through it, uh, it was talking about the members and not having the same office, and then it got into the gifts, and and I started thinking about uh, the different offices of the church and the different people that I've known over the years. Uh, I can't really speak for any other church but this one because this is the one I've known all my life 
But I can say, I, I sat there and I started thinking about Terry Brock. He's the pastor of the church. He ought to be held a little higher, in a little higher uh, honor than, than most. Dad's been teaching Sunday school and being a deacon for all my life, so he ought to be put up a little higher than, than some of the others. And I could, I could write off a whole list of people that I feel that way about. But if you walk into this church, a newly saved soul, and you look around, every one of those people that I think ought to be exalted are just as humble as you are. And they'll give you everything they can to help you grow and, and, and learn and, and what you need to serve God. It's my honest belief that's why this church has grown and prospered the way it has. Because the people that make up this church honor the Bible and honor God and don't honor themselves. Um, I kind of, I guess it, it might sound silly, but I kind of enjoy standing up here doing this job. Um, part of that reason is because I can feel the Spirit. Uh, when I get myself out of the way and let God lead it, I enjoy it. Another part of that reason, <clears throat> excuse me, is if I wasn't doing this job, how often would I get into this book? But knowing that I got to get up here and do this job, I'll go home and get this book out every day after work and sit there for at least a little while studying some of the scriptures and, and looking up some of the background on things. And whether I use it up here on Sunday morning or not, I learn from it. And I get a blessing out of it. Uh, but at the same time, even though I enjoy doing this job, I definitely don't feel worthy to. Uh, like I've said before, I look around here teaching this class, and most of the people that are sitting here listening to me are the ones that taught me how to get saved. How am I supposed to teach anything? But then I stop and get myself in check, and I realize it's not me that's doing the teaching. If any teaching gets done, God will send it. Uh, so we, we can comfort and strongly encourage each other. Uh, and I like this one. It says, he that giveth, do it with simplicity. Uh, if we're going to give something, God wants us to give it wholeheartedly whatever we can afford to give he wants us to give it with a cheerful heart and be happy that we was able to help somebody uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't throw a check in the plate back there and go man i'm gonna miss that you know i i could have bought a new pair of shoes or whatever uh, we should put it in there and be glad that we was able to help the cause uh, and he that ruleth, do it with diligence. That means to do it with godly intent. Uh, I think about Samson. This, that's what, what this part of the verse makes me think of. Or not Samson. Sam, uh, shoo. I lost my thought. David's son, 
Solomon. I couldn't think of the name. Solomon, when, when he became king, his prayer was that he would do it God's way. He wanted the wisdom to be able to rule with godly intent. Uh, I don't necessarily ever want to rule anything because I'd probably mess it up. But if I had to, I would want to do it every bit the way God wanted me to do it. And he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Uh, to me, and I know there's a little bit of difference, but uh, studying this, I just couldn't get mercy and giving separated. Because uh, it's through mercy that God gave us grace. Uh, it was through God's mercy that he sent his son and gave us the opportunity for life. Uh, mercy is, is uh, kind of like the, the thought process that precedes giving. It's hard, <clears throat> it's hard for me not to step across the line and say it's feeling sorry for somebody because you're almost right there. Uh, and maybe that's, what I, maybe that's where it needs to go, is feeling sorry for somebody. Because um, if I didn't know you needed something, why would I give it to you? So if I know somebody needs something and I want to give them, give them what they need, that's mercy. Um, God gives the mercy, uh, but we can show it. And that's what it says, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Um, I would love to be able to say that I do everything God asked me to do with cheerfulness. But in honesty, I can't say that. Because there's a lot of times God tells, asks me to do something and I sit back and say, oh, man, I can't do that. Uh, and a lot of times when I do that, the opportunity passes before I get a chance to change my mind and then it's gone. And that's my fault. <clears throat> but all of these things, prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhorting, ruling, mercy and giving, all are things that come from God. Uh, without, it, without every one of those things, none of us would be saved. Um, and those are things that uh, God gave us so that we can give to other people. And we can't give salvation, but the things we can give can point people in the direction of salvation. Anybody else got anything?
service and uh, a young person got saved. They got up from the altar and they were weeping and they said, so I got saved and I'm going to heaven. And I thought, God spoke to me. That's prophecy. Yeah. That was a gift given by the grace of God. They spoke through the power of the Holy Spirit because of the grace that God had put in their soul. And what they said was true. You could tell it. Yeah, when I said, I'm going to heaven, God witnessed that. And so that went along with what you were teaching about as prophecy. And then I uh, had a thought on he that ruleth, and I thought this, and like what you said, I want to add this to it. Every one of us have something that we rule, and that's our life. We are, and when it talks about he that ruleth, we do that with diligence. And you've talked this already. We need to be careful keep ourselves in line and keep on the right track and follow the Lord and when we do that then these other things fall in line. So fits right into what you teach. Our mercies sometimes man's mercies it'll come and go sometimes in my but God's mercies endure forever. It's forever. You started we started out talking about the measure of faith. all the same measure, and that's right. right. Absolutely. And in the, in the book of Peter, he said, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, and knowledge, temperance, right. and yeah. patience. And I can't quote them all, but sure. uh, God gave us a job to do, and if, if we if we'll add to our faith, yeah. it'll enable us to be able to do the jobs that God wants us to do. Amen. And so, he's give, we say all the time, he's given us everything we need. Amen. And, and he has. And most of it's right here. If we'll if we if we humble our hearts and, and and get in here and and ask God to help us out. And there, there's another scripture I, I wanted to read and then I'll shut up maybe. In in the book of Malachi, this is going along with giving. Uh, he said, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now your with, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you will not be able to receive. Right. And yeah. if we, whatever job it is, right. if, if, if we're putting money in the church and we do it out of our heart, God will bless us. If you're teaching Sunday school and you do it out of your heart, God will bless you. And if Terry's preaching out of his heart, he's getting a blessing. And, uh, and what you do is going to bless somebody else also. So, great reward in doing, doing your job for Jesus. And that's, that's uh, I go right back to where I started from with the word gift. Uh, the work that God gives us to do is a gift right out of heaven because he's the best paymaster that you could ever know. So when he gives you a job, you know you're going to get paid well for it. 
and that's not why we do the job. We do the job because we want to please God. Uh, I remember being a little kid and, and thinking, you know, if I go do this, Dad will be happy. Or if I go do that, Mom will be happy. And that's what I wanted to do was please Mom and Dad or Grandma and Grandpa, depending on where I was at at the time. I, it used to tickle me to go to Grandma and Grandpa's house and go clean their gutters without being asked to, just so they'd get a smile on their face. You know, it, stuff like that. that that's, that's part of life. Uh, but serving God is the same way. If I get a, uh, just a little desire to do something for the Lord, I ought to be re just like these little children, jump up and run to go do it. Uh, I want to read this real quick over in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14 it says for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods and unto one he gave five talents to another two and to another one to every man according to his several ability uh, God knows our ability and he knows what he can put on us. And straightway took his journey. Then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them, uh, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. Uh, that's the way God works with us. He gives us a job to do. And if we'll just do what he asks us to do, or what he gives us, he'll just double it and double it and double it and spread it around. Like Dad said, if if we do what we what God gives us to do right out of our heart, it'll not only bless us, it'll bless everybody around us if they got their heart right. Uh, anybody else got anything? I've said all about all I've got to say. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
You know, I, I've heard people say, and, and I can definitely say it's been true in my life, is some people will say, well, how do you know for sure that God's telling you to do that? God has never given me anything to do that the devil wasn't right there right now telling me that's not God. That's just you. You just want to sing that song or you just want to be part of something. That's not God. If it was just me, I wouldn't have felt like it was God in the first place. But if it wasn't God, the devil wouldn't be there telling me not to do it. If, if, if I just wanted to get up in myself and be a part of the service... The devil would lay back and go, yeah, that's what I want you to do. Do it on your own. He wouldn't argue with me a bit. If there's an argument in your heart, God's got, that's, that's God telling you to do something. And the devil's fighting it. That's all I got.